The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makayefu Gospel Church Podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. This morning, we're going to look at the subject of obedience when you are in covenant with God. And as usual, we're going to look at the life of Abraham. Abraham is a good example of someone who walked in covenant with God. We learn many things from Abraham. Abraham is called the father of the faithful. He's called the father of faith. He was called the friend of God. Three major religions looked to him as their father. Christians, Jews, and Muslims all consider Abraham as their father. So Abraham is a good example for us to study, to see what it means to be in covenant with God. Now, turn with me to your Bibles, please, the book of Genesis, chapter 22. Let's read the first five verses. Genesis 22, verse 1 to verse 5. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. See how this man responds, Here I am. Here I am, ready to do your will. Here I am. Verse 2. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a bad offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early and aligned early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the bad offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The Lord and I will go yonder, and worship will come back to you. There are so many things we can learn from this text, and I've been trying my best to control myself, not to say too much. But this morning, I want us to realize that obedience is critical in life. If you want to succeed in life, you must learn the discipline of obedience. When a child grows up disobedient to parents, disobedient to elders, disobedient to those in authority, that child is in danger. That child will end up in prison or will end up dead. Obedience is critical to all of us. We must learn to walk in obedience. As a good citizen, you must obey the laws of your country, or else you may end up in prison. If you're always breaking the law, one day you get in trouble. Good citizens are those who obey the laws of the country. And if you are working for a company, an organization, and their laws, policies, 
principles in that organization, when you breach those policies, you may end up being unemployed. You may lose your job. So obedience is part and parcel of our lives if we want to succeed. If you want, if you are, if, if you are seeking to live victorious in life, you must learn the discipline of obedience. In fact, Jesus told us from the parable of the wise and foolish builder. Jesus said that whosoever hears my sayings and obeys them is like a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. But whoever hears my words and ignores them is like a man who builds a house upon sand. And when the rain comes, because rain will come, when the floods come, when the wind blows, the house built on sand will collapse. So obedience is central, even spiritually. We shall soon find that out. It is important for you to develop a heart of obedience. If you are building anything in this life, you must learn to walk in obedience to God's word. Now, when you look at Abraham, God gave him a very difficult command. Honestly, put yourself in the shoes of Abraham. How would you have reacted to that instruction? God comes up out of nowhere, says tomorrow, take your son, the one whom you love, not Ishmael, not Esau, the son whom you love. Take him up to a place I'll show you. Go up there and offer him as a sacrifice to me. How would you have reacted to that? It was so distressing. It was a shock to him. But the Bible says he rose up early in the morning. He's teaching us that understanding a commandment may wait, but obedience is immediate. You do not dilly-dally try to debate with God trying to make him look as if he's made a mistake. You're not as wise as him. He is the porter, you are the clay. The porter has power over the clay. He can mold it and shape it however he wants. He can do whatever he wants with the clay. So if you are going to walk in covenant with God, learn this principle. There were us, you may not understand why God commands you to do what he tells you to do. While you may take a long time to grasp the meaning behind God's commandments, obeying is immediate. Immediate. You don't debate with God. The Bible says the man woke up early in the morning. In fact, he's the one who even split the wound. Look at the Bible. The poor Mosey. He's the one who split the wound and saddled the donkey. And he went out to do the will of God. Sometimes it is us we walk in obedience that we discover the meaning of a command. It is as you go about to obey what God has told you to do, 
that you begin to gain understanding. You remember what Elisha told Naaman. Said Naaman, God has told you to go and wash in River Jordan seven times. Naaman was a commander of the Assyrian army. This is found in, I believe, in First Kings. Naaman was a leper. He was a general in the army, Syrian army, but was a leper. He had a young Jewish maid who told him, if you went to Israel, there's a prophet there who can, who can heal you. The king of Syria wrote a letter to the king of Israel. Yes, my servant, heal him. It's a long story, but this man, Naaman, ended up at the doorstep of Elisha's house. Elisha told him, Naaman, go and wash in River Jordan seven times. He didn't even leave his sitting room. He stayed in the house and told his servant, Gehaz, tell that man, if he wants to be healed from leprosy, let him go to River Jordan and dip himself seven times. The Bible says, Naaman was furious, says, what is this? I thought the man would come out and touch me and pray for me and receive a gift from me. That is what which doctors do. The medicine men and the gods of the Syrians, that's how they behave. But Elisha told this man, I don't need to come and touch you. I don't also need your money. The God of Israel does not take bribes. Uh, he doesn't need your money. Go and wash River Jordan seven times. At first, the man was upset, but his servants told him, Sir, if this man had asked you to do something much harder, would you have done it? So, reluctantly, Naaman went to the river and stripped to his leprous skin, went in the river, dipped himself seven times, he came out healed completely. The story is even more interesting because when the man realized that he had been healed of his leprosy, something that the gods of the Syrian people could not do, their Syrians and Syrians had their own gods, None of those gods could heal him. And God had healed him without any enchantment, any incantation, any ritual sacrifice, because that's what they do in, in witchcraft. The man was touched. He went back to Elisha and said, Elisha, please take a gift from me. Elisha said, I told you I will not take your money. Then the man made a statement. He said, let me take two Lords of soil on my mules, take them back with me to Syria. And there I will offer sacrifice to no other God but the God of Israel. Nehemiah did not know that when God gave him a command, although the command was ridiculous, but it was going to lead to his salvation, Nehemiah became a believer. He said, I'll never again offer sacrifice to any other God except the God of Israel. 
So sometimes when God gives us commands, we don't understand them. But as we walk in obedience, they begin to make sense. They begin to make sense. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, in verse 4, he says, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. He said to his young man, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. This is a powerful text. It teaches us many, many things. It teaches us, for instance, that obedience is the highest form of worship. Obedience is the highest form of worship. He told, Abraham told his Sabbath, stay here with the donkey. The young man and I will go up the mountain, up Mountain Moriah, and we will worship. We will worship. And he said, and we will come back. <laughs> this man is interesting. We will worship, and I will not come back alone. We will come back. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Here is what we call in theology the law of first mention. The law of first mention states that whenever you find a concept or a word mentioned for the first time in the Bible, that context provides the true meaning and it gives you keys to interpret it in the rest of the Bible. This word worship here gives us the basis of what worship is. Worship is really obedience. Obedience and a sacrifice. You may not have musical instruments. You may not have a keyboard. You may not have a loudspeaker. You may not have a choir. You may not have a microphone. Worshiping God is the state of the heart. It is first and foremost your heart. How is your heart in relation to God's commandments? What you do is secondary. How you relate to God's word is primary. The state of your heart, the way you relate with God's commandments is the highest form of worship. There are two elements. Yes, there is the attitude and there's also the sacrifice. But I want to talk about the attitude first. Abraham is going up a mountain to obey, in my mind, a ridiculous commandment. It doesn't make sense. Listen, God had just told him that I'm going to give you descendants and I'm going to build a lineage through your son Isaac, not Ishmael. Abraham had told God, God, let Ishmael live. I, I love Ishmael as my son. 
But as you know, uh, his wife, I told him, get rid of Hagar, get rid of Ishmael, take them away from my, from my home. And Abraham was upset. And God told Abraham, Abraham, Sarah is right. Chase away Ishmael, chase away Hagar, because it is in Isaac that I will give you a seed and I will establish my covenant. Now, now, God is telling him, now sacrifice him to me. That's an excess. So the guy walks in obedience to sacrifice his future. And by that time, Isaac has no children. He's still a teenager, probably 15, 16, 17. He hasn't yet got married. Isaac got married late. Got married when he was 30 years old. That's, that was it's pretty late. At this time, he has no children. And yet God is saying, kill him. Offer him to me as a bad offering. I thought you said my future was in this boy, not Ishmael. He has no child. He has no son. How will you fulfill your word? Doesn't make sense. But the man walked up the mountain in obedience. Holy servant, I am going to worship God. I'm going to worship God. Obedience is the highest form of worship. You walk in obedience when you endeavor to live by the dictates of God's word. God considers that as worship. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. I want to move on something that I think is even more profound. Abraham says, we will go and worship. Wait a minute. Isaac is going to become a burnt offering. What do you mean we will go and worship? It's because one of the things that we do in worship is that we place these bodies on the order of God as living sacrifices. If you have failed to live with a life where your body is a living sacrifice, you are not yet worshiping God. Abraham says, we will go and worship. That means even Isaac, who was going to offer himself as a living sacrifice, was going to worship. Which means, Worship includes our bodies. Our bodies become living sacrifices. We are willing to suffer pain to obey God. We are willing to live without to obey God. We are willing to pay the price to obey God. We will tell this flesh, I know what you want, but behave yourself. I must obey God. That is worship. Both of them worship God. 
the one who had an attitude of obedience and the one who offered his body as a living sacrifice. The Bible says, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mass of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The most pleasing worship to God is leading a life of obedience in your physical, mental, and emotional life. You pay the price. Pay the price to walk as the Bible says. Even if you can't sing, even if you can't play the keyboard, if you are presenting your body daily, this is not an exercise we do only on Sunday morning from 7 to 8.30 or 9. No, 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 no. It's not something we do once a week, 24-7. Now, that is the worship. But wherever you are, you present your body living sacrifice to God. You are willing to pay the price. Of course, it's painful. Of course, there is a cost. I know there are times when you feel you could benefit doing something. But that if it's against the word of God, you forfeit it. You pay the you present this body would take more people to hell than I can count. This body. This body can become an idol, can become God. This body can become your God. This body can begin to make commands and demands that are contrary to the word of God. And many believers succumb to that pressure. Now, even if you come and clap here, you clap, jump, you dance, but you're obeying your body more than you obey God, you are not worshiping God. Uh, God says, uh, yeah, I'm, not into, I'm, not, I'm not impressed. You may sing like an angel. You may dance like a frackling. You may do all kinds of things. But instead of obeying God's commands, you obey the commands of your flesh. God despises your worship. Abraham said, I and the boy will go on. But wait a minute. Isaac was going to end up dead. Yeah. Was going to become a living sacrifice. That is also worship. When this body becomes dead to sin, it is worship. Ay, 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 ay. That is the, that is the, <laughs> that is the epitome. That is A plus worship. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to the book of First Peter chapter 1. First Peter. Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. I read this verse last night and I woke up to pray and this verse ministered to me. And I want to share what God blessed in my heart. 
First Peter chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from what? From sin. He no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the last of men, but for the will of God. Jesus gave us a tremendous example of how to live as a woman or a man in covenant with God. He paid the ultimate price to obey God. He gave up his life for us. But along with that, throughout his life, Jesus suffered to obey God. Jesus humbled himself. He became a servant. He was rejected by men. He endured the cross. I mean, he, he went through it all. Why? He was seeking to do the will of the Father. Now, that is worship. He endeavored to walk in obedience all throughout his life as a man. As a man, he suffered in the flesh. He gave us an example that until you're willing to suffer in the flesh, you can't stop sinning. Did you hear that? I repeat, until you are prepared to suffer in the flesh, you will never stop to sin. You can never stop to sin. It is those who suffer in the flesh that cease from sin. Jesus gave an example to us that there are times when people will reject you, misunderstand you, but you must stay the course. Your own family can misunderstand you. His own family misunderstood him. He stayed the course. He gives us a prime example of a believer in covenant with God. Now, we have to arm ourselves with the same mindset. You arm yourself. You acquire the same mindset. We become prepared, if necessary, to suffer in the flesh in order to cease from sin. In the last days, as we draw near and near the coming of Christ, as Christ prepares to return on the earth, and as events unfold, as the world winds up, more than ever, believers must arm themselves with the mindset to suffer, if necessary, in order to obey God. That mindset is going to be more critical than ever. Today we have those who promote LGBT, those who support lifestyles that are contrary to the Bible. And now it's becoming, oh God help us, it's becoming popular and fashionable and acceptable to be gay. That is the agenda of Satan. Now those who believe what the Bible says who become the minority. They have brought this wicked 
teaching in schools, they're infiltrating our schools, primary schools. The thing is a cancer going up through university and our society. It is, it has taken over Hollywood. Many movies, probably 80% of them now, have a way in which they provide tolerance or accept or condone homosexuality, even cartoons, even cartoons. More than ever, you will have to have a mindset where you are not afraid to stand alone. Stand alone and believe what the Bible teaches. Be prepared to pay the price. We must arm ourselves with that mindset. Until you are prepared to suffer in the flesh, you will never stop from sin. Let me move on to the last point this morning. Let's go back to Genesis 25, 22. Yes, and this, this text is so rich, I have to stay on course because we could go so many directions. Genesis 22, verse 15, it says, Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I'll bless you. Multiplying, I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sun which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Verse 19, so Abraham returned his young men and the rose went together to Beersheba. Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Write this down somewhere. Obedience determines the realization of your potential. Obedience determines the realization of your potential. If you never walk in obedience, you always live below your potential. I repeat, until the day you begin to walk in obedience, you will never touch the full capacity of the potential that God has placed in your life. We are all here, we've got destinies. All of us have a destiny in God. There are things that God wants to do in us that are extraordinary. I believe that with all my heart. All of us here are children of destiny. If you're born again, God has a program and a plan for you. He does. But you see, if you don't walk in obedience, you always walk below your potential. God says, because you've done this, in verse 16, he told Abraham, because you've done this, what did he do? He obeyed God. He obeyed God, took his son, put him on the altar, and in type, in his heart, he actually offered him to God. In his heart, Abraham had given up his son. That act of obedience was so profound that God says, because of this, he began to give extra details about the Abrahamic covenant. 
He began to expand. He began to talk about the guests of your enemies. My goodness, he says, I swear by myself. I swear. I can't swear by anyone else. I swear by myself. That is the day that God decided to make Abraham his friend. There are only two men in the Bible that God categorically and specifically explicitly calls their friends, only two, Abraham and Moses, only two. And all of them, their level of obedience is up here. Then there are men who walked in obedience to God. And my God, look at their lives. You know, here we are. We are reading the Bible, but the Bible came to us through the seed of Abraham. The Bible. Here we are today. We are born again because Abraham became the forefather of our Lord Jesus. Obedience determines the total fulfillment of the potential in you. The more you walk in obedience, the more God will begin to unravel and unfold and bring to pass everything he blessed in your life. Every time we walk in disobedience, we fall short. We fall short of that potential. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 and up to 28. Deuteronomy 11. Moses told the Jews, I place before you life and death. I place before you blessing and cursing. Choose. He said, if you obey, you will have life. You will have blessing. If you disobey, you will have death and curse. That principle runs throughout the Bible. Obedience determines your destiny. Determines whether you will ever become what God has called you to be. Moses told them, Here are the commandments of God. I place before you a choice. If you obey, there's life, there's blessing. If you choose to disobey, prepare to die and live with a curse. That principle is there. In fact, the book of James says, chapter 4, verse 7, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will do what? He will flee from you. Submit to God, obey his commands, and then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Even our victor over the powers of darkness revolves and depends upon our obedience. Don't ever go and try to cast that demons when you walk in disobedience. It will be disastrous. Don't do that. You have no power against the enemy if you walk in disobedience. Demons can tell if you are disobedient to God or not. 
Read the book of Acts, sons of Sceva. Never try to contend with Satan with disobedience in your heart. It is when we submit to God that we resist him and you'll be forced to flee. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe, I like this, to observe carefully all his commandments. I want you to underline those words, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all this blessing shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. I have discovered this is true even in New Testament. Your placement in this life is not determined by your background, gender, or level of education. Let me say that one more time. Your placement, your position, your well-being in this life does not depend upon your background, your age, or your race, or your gender. Your position, ultimately, your placement in this life depends on your level of obedience to God. Moses told these people, look, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all these commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. This principle also is true in New Testament. When we walk in obedience and the fear of God, when we conduct ourselves according to the instructions that we have in the Bible, there's a way in which God promotes us, prolongs our lives, gives us favor before men. If you will obey the word of God and live as you take heed to the instructions of the Bible, you will have peace with men, you will be prosperous, you will manage your finances well, You'll be one that people can employ. It shall be well with you. Listen, this principle, I've seen it work in this church. People have come through those doors. I've seen them wearing short pants. They have nothing. I know one man who was a Mutembe. They paid with this small merchandise. I remember him very well. He a young man, but as he began to love God and serve God, my Lord, I saw God transform that man. I saw him God. I saw God transform the man. Opened up shops in the city. He opened up branches. Some of you here know him. He began to import and sell cars, but he came in this church with bad enough clothing. He was so poor. But the, the Bible is true. It says, if you will obey the voice of the Lord your God, observe carefully his commandments, the Lord your God will set you high above all this of the earth. 
all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you do what? You obey the voice of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Blessings will come upon you and overtake you. In the Bible, there are many examples of paupers who God raised up. They are judges. They are men and women that were nobodies. They were former prostitutes and harlots, like Rahab, Ruth, who was coming from the Moabites. These were people that were despised. God raised them up and put them in the lineage of Jesus. Eh? They, have now, they have now become a royal family. Hallelujah. Eh? Former prostitutes. These were harlots. Rehab was a harlot. But she obeyed God. God raised her up. Now, she's one of the grandmothers of Jesus. It's a principle in the Bible. It says, if you obey my commands, I will set you above all the other nations. And these blessings, and there are so many, Deuteronomy 28, will come upon you and overtake you. So obedience in many ways determines how far we get in God's will for our life. It determines how well we reach our potential in God. Let me give one more example. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 13 and 14. First Samuel 13, verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Instead of us calling Jesus the son of David, would have been calling him the son of King Saul. If Saul had obeyed God, instead of calling Jesus the son of David, would be calling him the son of King Saul. That was the plan of God. He says, I want you to, I was, I would have established your kingdom of, over it forever. Forever. But now, because of disobedience, your kingdom will not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. The Lord has commanded him to be a commander over his people because you have not kept the, what the Lord commanded you. Disobedience will always cause us to live below our potential. You will never be everything that you could be if you live in disobedience. Never. When you get to heaven, may God help us because we may see, hey, I could have become this. I could have done this. I could have achieved this. I could have gone here. Oh, but it will be too late because you can't come back and do corrections. It will be too late. The time to begin is now. Make a decision. I am going to walk in obedience to God so that everything he has planned for me will come to pass in my life. Everything. Make that your goal. Everything, everything, every gift in me, every potential in me, 
must be realized, must be actualized, must be enhanced, must be brought forth. I will walk in obedience to God. Bible says about Jesus, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Being fine appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9. Therefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him the name, hallelujah, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth, those under the earth, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Even Jesus followed this principle. He obeyed fully, and he reached his potential to the full. Obedience attracts a reward. Obedience attracts blessing. Obedience will never go unnoticed by God. Did you hear that? Obedience will never go unnoticed by God. Whenever you obey God, God takes note. Takes note. No act of obedience is overlooked by God. Bible says Jesus suffered and he obeyed, humbled himself. Now, God gave him a name above every other name. You know, I'm amazed at the power of that name. I am just a man, a human being. But whenever I stand in the power of that name, even demons tremble. Satan takes notice. That's how powerful that name is. That's the name God gave his son, Jesus, because he walked in obedience. Hallelujah. Finally, just as in the beginning, obedience was the one needful thing to stay in the Garden of Eden, obedience. Our father, our forefather Adam and uh, his wife Eve didn't have to do anything else but to obey. They had every food they could eat. There was everything. I mean, this is, it was paradise, paradise. Now, for them to enjoy and stay and flourish in that paradise, there was one thing required of them. What was it? Obedience. That's all. God placed the tree in the middle of the garden. says, please, do not eat from that. Look, you have so much, so much here. There's no disease, no sickness. Just do not eat from that. Their stay and their enjoyment in the paradise of God depended upon one thing, obedience. Same thing is true for the second paradise. Only those who do the will of my Father, Jesus said. He says in Matthew 7, verse 31, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, 
have written out to prophesy it in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many things in your name. I'll say to them, I don't know you. I don't know you. You will not enter the second paradise. You have no access. Both paradises, if I could say. The paradise in the Garden of Eden, the final paradise, all of them depend on one thing, obedience. The first couple failed to live in that paradise because they failed to obey. Now, our generation, we shall enter that paradise or fail in the paradise based on the same thing, obedience. This is, many will come and say, oh Lord, I, I was in my full gospel church, I did this, I was in the choir, I was a pastor, I, said, I don't know you. I don't know you. Why? Because you never obeyed my commandments. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Same principle from beginning to the end and in between. Your success in life depends on the same thing, obedience. Walk as the Bible says. Obey God's word. You want to be well, you want to thrive, obey God's word. It says these blessings will overtake you. But even going back in the past, same principle. God of now as we prepare for the second paradise, it's the same principle. You will not enter heaven, even if you are the Pope, if you fail to obey the commands of God. You will not. So this principle is critical for us to embrace. As God's children, train your heart to walk in obedience. Train your flesh to walk in obedience. I said every act of obedience attracts a blessing from God. Everything you do in obedience, every time you deny yourself sinning and suffering the flesh, it's pleasing to God. It's a worship to Him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with His might and fortified by the Word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map. Goodbye.